The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba House of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And I'm Eric Osnes from Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. Happy Saturday. Yes, happy Saturday to you. Another, it's been a beautiful week. I know. Another f- crisp fall day, almost winter, I guess. Finally starting to get a little cooler outside. Oh, yeah. No, this the whole week has had some gorgeous, gorgeous days of bright sun and crisp weather where you get to put layers on. I just love it. Well, I'm happy it's getting colder. I spent the, the week after Thanksgiving up in Canada, up at Whistler, and not a lot one of, of your snow happy up spots. there. It is one of my happy spots. So get me on the snow in the winter, and I'm just like smiling ear to ear. So. But if they didn't have that much snow, were you still happy? It still worked out okay. okay. That's right. That's right. If I recall, I think you mentioned something about doing some of your Christmas shopping up there, and you were happy about the exchange rate. <laughs> you, you know, you know me. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm. Uh, I like a good bargain, and I, I'm That's all over that exchange way of rate. It. Yeah, yeah. I usually call it cheap, but yeah. you know, hey, yeah. or frugal, or right. fiscally conservative. Now I'm fiscally conservative, so there yeah. you go. There you go. You're not cheap. I know you're not cheap. I'm I've not seen, cheap, but I've I, seen the things that you buy. I believe. <laughs> at a good price. Yeah, that's the yeah, thing. You're that's... a bargain value shopper. There you go. And yeah, I'm totally yeah. down with that. I was actually telling someone earlier today that we should go do a trip uh, to Vancouver because I was going to take a cue mm. from you and be like, we should go up to Vancouver and do a little shopping. I haven't been up there for a while. I love that city. That's yeah. a fun city. Oh, it's, it's a, a great place city. to go. Yeah. And there's just so many cool, cool spots and yeah. stops up there. And of yeah. course, it happens to be on the way to... Uh, Whistler. So. Oh, yeah. Where my friend Denise Brown, who we've had on the right. show, yep. walk has pa- been I on. walked past her office there, but she wasn't home. Oh, you actually yeah. looked to say hi? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you yeah. should don't. You know yeah. what? Next time you go up, yeah. contact her. She's right her. up there in the marketplace. She would love to see you. Yeah. She would yeah. love to get a chance to say hi and hang out and have a glass of wine or whatever. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, oh, she's sure. she's phenomenal to hang out with. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So we had you with the exchange rates up there, and you were probably calculating some numbers. Hopefully, you weren't doing too many loans. Well, this time of year is busy for me. Me too. Lots of people want to be in their home by Thanksgiving, their new home, or they want to be in their new home by by Christmas. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, vacations be damned. We're busy working and making sure that we get all those things put together. Oh, yes. I I like that. This time of year is is sort of fun, you know, fun for me for that. So I find that I'm going to throw some of these little nuggets out for our listeners because this is also that time of year where a lot of people think that our industries slow down. Mm. And People are always shocked that I tell them, uh, I'm 16 years in on this now, right? Mm-hmm. And every year, this time of year is in the top three activity or closing levels right. of my business. Right. And people are always like, what? Like around Christmas? And I'm like, absolutely. Oh, and yeah. you have no idea how many times on Thanksgiving and Christmas Day I get phone calls. Yeah. You know, because when other people are getting their time off and are sitting with their families mm-hmm. and they're realizing, Hey, you know, maybe we should get closer to grandma. Right. Like grandma's They're having some issues. Maybe that. we need to move yep. closer. Or right. hey, we just had a grandbaby. Maybe we should 
move closer. You know, I've got a client who's selling a place right now that, that they just had a baby the other day. In fact, I thought it was really great. It shares a birth date with my father of December 2nd. Aww. So I was very excited go. that they share this wonderful day. But, um, you know, it becomes a very, very busy time of year. And a lot of people forget that corporate relocation, if someone's on a calendar fiscal year, mm-hmm. Boeing regularly, you know, has people right. moving in and out around this time of year. And, you know, there's just and, – and there's also a lot of investor activity. I can't right. even begin to tell you how many phone calls from investors I'm dealing with right now who want to try and get a transaction or a 1031 deferred exchange underway right now. Well, that's what I, – I see a lot of that. They want to close by the end of the year. Yes. You know, so there's a big – always or a at big least push. Or at least under, under contract, contract mm-hmm. right? Because then that's they have right. that timeline. But, that's right. Well, yeah. gosh, I mean, every I think every home that I've ever bought has been this time of year. That's because you're a value shopper. I'm a value shopper. <laughs> I know. Well, well, no, but okay, no. Here, but here's the reality. Everyone's always like, oh, but there's a depression in the prices. Not always mm-hmm. necessarily, but here's the thing: if you're a seller, to consider because there are people that when they're moving this time of year, there's a real deep desire or need behind it. Right, because the yard's not pretty, the flowers aren't blooming. It's dark. It's gray. It's wet. Right, but the stats are, if you sell in the summer where it is the largest number of homes on the market, mm-hmm. you typically only have a 53% chance of selling, whereas in this time of year, you actually have about a 74% chance of selling. And we're, you know, we're coming into a more normalized market here, mm-hmm. so those percentages are becoming more relevant again here. Sure, and as sure. we've talked about since June, we have had all of these adjustments with what the marketplace is doing, going from three weeks of inventory to two and a half months of inventory. Yeah, thank heavens. Paying attention to that. And we always say, it's like people who are moving their full families, like if they have school-aged children, it's because there's an absolute requirement. Right. But if they are not people with school-aged children, they're moving just whenever it's convenient Mm -hmm. or whenever it makes an appropriate timeline for them. And so there's always something going on in the marketplace. And so for professionals like me who do this full time, who aren't just the hobbyists out there, because we keep saying there's 1.3 million real estate agents in the United States and only 43,000 of us, which I'm included in that number, do more than 25 transactions a year. I'm smiling right now because I'm actually working with on a couple transactions with some hobbyists. And oh, it's how fun for you. Interesting. Lots of crazy things go on with those types of transactions. They do get interesting. Yeah. I actually was just thanking another uh, agent earlier this week for her professionalism because she's also full-time like I am. Mm-hmm. And we were discussing some things and then talking about some of the hobbyists out there and the 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 frustrations that we have and how they how they really degrade our industry and it's frustrating because the level of professionalism goes down Mm -hmm. and as you know uh, because you helped with the loan on this my assistant lucky Mm -hmm. and her husband brian just bought a home yeah and she got to see firsthand that the agent on the other side of the transaction she saw how we had to hound her for information and it was like and it means something different when it's your transaction because lucky's watched for over a year now what goes on in our office but now she felt what that was like Mm -hmm. for our customers it's it's really frustrating at times yeah and and every now and then on the lending side i end up having to do bailouts of situations that have happened we've got a client right now who purchased a home with a hobbyist agent and it happened to be a foreclosed property. Oh. So they used uh, what we call a hard money loan to buy this property. So it was already, a lo- I don't like it was, this situation. It was a, yeah, it was a transaction that there was no appraisal, there was no credit check on it, although the person has good credit. 
But ultimately what happened is they bought a home with a failed septic system. And, not well, good. not even not even failed. Uh, there was a system in place, but it's a, a what we call a bootleg system. It was put in without permits. Now we have a huge mess. Okay, my eyes are huge right now because <laughs> the health department was already aware of this issue, uh, but and because had there it was, been flagged? Yes, it had been flagged, and so there was uh, a, a notice on title that this property had a failed system. The <sighs> agent, you know, that put this together. Didn't do a title search. Oh, didn't no. do any sort of advice on that. It is Washington state law, if I'm not uh, not wrong about it, that the property has to have a, a, a septic inspection it, to to be sold. Well, if it's in King County, it, it depends on the county. Yeah, this but, is Pierce County. But, but well, Pierce County has one as well. I, they do. They, they do. do. Because they're anyway. trying to make sure that it's right. a habitable property. Right. So, so now our situation is we have two choices. The first choice, and this is after over a month of working with the health department, uh, they will allow this this customer to try to get their existing bootleg system certified, but they're going to have to hire a consultant to come out, investigate it, make sure that it meets code and, and all of that. Their other alternative, ching, yeah, the ching, other alternative ching, is hook to, hook ching, to ching, sewer. Ching, ching. Oh, yeah, hooking ching, to ching. sewer for this customer <laughs> means digging up a road for 200 feet. Down the middle of the road, ching, ching. and then connecting. Yeah, you're talking. <laughs> I'm just gonna do all the zeros just today. keep piling on, right? Oh, yeah. All God, because, I got a pit in now, my was, stomach. Was just this an avoidable situation? Yes, 100 percent, absolutely uh, avoidable. Yeah, it would have taken just a quick oh title gosh. search, and we would have been. We, we need to get a title person on again because I <laughs> recently had a whole conversation with somebody about a title search and an easement on their property, and, and they're all peeved, and they're going to have to go through a bunch of stuff. And it's like cha-ching with yeah. the, you know, all the real estate attorneys and other people who are going to get involved because they just, you know, they were mad at their agent. But I'm like, by the way, agents are not legally required to look at your title because we're not licensed title reps. Right. I you know, know, insurance is outside of our licensing, so we can't give you advice. But yes, however, but that you said, can look, <laughs> you can look and highly recommend, please call one. your title yeah, agent. Yeah, let's take a look at that title. At and least find out what's going on have them explain there. to you what yeah. that means, hmm. because that's an important aspect yes. of the what transaction. What is this notice of a failed septic system I yes. see on the title policy? Or what is this yeah. IRS tax lien I see here? <laughs> yeah, or what exactly. is this 20-foot easement across yeah. where I would like to put a fence? Right, you know, right. there's what a lot this? of stuff. We call it a code compliance issue, which means an addition's been put on without a proper permit usually. Right. Things like that can can be huge nightmares to sort out. Oh, yeah. I had someone ask me the other day, they're like, well, shouldn't title always know that? I'm like, uh, how does title know what you did to your house unless you tell them? Mm-hmm. So if someone does it and they use a contractor and they didn't have them get it permitted, mm. how in the world would the title company know? Yeah, they're not going to know. Like they're I got not. A, I got a story about that, though, now. Of course you do. We have another client that did their own addition, and they also chopped a few trees down. And they got a notice from the city. This happened to be in Tukwila. They're looking at satellite imagery. And Tukwila is looking down and oh, they're yeah. looking at, at satellite. That's the new you know, way to do it. Picture A and picture B. And they're going, hmm, there's a new addition here. And hmm, you just took out mm-hmm. four trees. They know that. 
And uh, so this person's in a whole bunch of trouble, you know, because they have an unpermitted edition and uh, they're going to have to either rip it, rip it down or, again, trying to forensically uh, get it, get it reapproved. So we have, um, you know, the big brother is literally looking down at oh, you. Oh, yeah. You know that they're going to be doing that more often and they're probably also going to start oh, yeah. using those Google driver guys. <laughs> but, um, okay, so... So we're talking about inspecting things. Yeah. How are rates? Well, can we inspect those real quick before we little, run out of time? You got like thirty seconds, buddy. We're looking a little bit better. So actually, we've dipped under the five percent mark right now. Ooh, so yay! The national average thirty-year fixed rates four point eight two percent. Ooh, jump a, on it! Yeah, a little bit better than we were. Fifteen-year mm-hmm. fixed rates over around four point three five. Cool. FHA and VA four point three three and nice. jumbo. Is hovering right around four point five two. So Still saying pretty everything's solid. looking yeah. pretty good. Nice. Uh, we finally reached a point where we have what's called an inverted yield curve. What is oh, that? Oh, I love that phrase. Ooh, scary thought. You know what? When we come back, I want to tell you all about the inverted yield curve. So stay okay, tuned. Okay, in the shortest way possible because we have yeah. an awesome guest today. Absolutely. Stay tuned. More open house with Team Eva. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The Answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Home Street Bank. And I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba. And we're here every Saturday from 2 to 3 o'clock bringing you information on real estate and finance. And And all things related. There you go. Today's no exception, too. I'm really excited about our guest today. I'm super excited about our guest today because I get very, very passionate about this topic. I know you do. Okay. But, but, okay, but you found our guest. So why don't you introduce her? I will. I will. Can I tell the story? Absolutely. Oh, okay. Do you okay. want to first tell them who this is? Yes. I, okay. <laughs> like, let's okay. just randomly have some lady talking on the air. Story. <laughs> then I'm going to tell the story. So, uh, no, we have with us today, I'm really, really excited, Paige Olry. And Paige is the Senior Deputy Prosecuting Attorney uh, for King County, the Criminal Division, and you specialize in elder abuse, yeah? Correct. Uh, yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Paige. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's yeah. really fun to be here. Okay, now I got to tell you the story. Okay. Because you were famous like Ooh. 15 years ago. Really? Something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think about 18. Was it that long ago? 17 or 18 years ago. So, so Reba, and I don't know if you know this. Okay. What? Paige made national news um, because uh, there was a particular judge in King County, and Paige okay. had shown up to court, and and this judge reprimanded. Well, I don't know if that's the correct term. Reprimanded Paige for wearing a very stylish pantsuit into court because she looked too good. She felt that Paige should be showing. I believe wearing a dress. Yeah. I was one of the – it was a trial, a jury trial, and both the defense attorney and I were wearing black pantsuits, and we were reprimanded for not wearing a skirt or a dress in court. Yeah. And so – Okay, the look of stunned – I just <laughs> – wow. Well, I, I, um, 
Wow. So I, I and that's less than twenty years ago. I think ago. that made it made Leno. It made it did make um, Leno. A bunch oh of, my bunch gosh! Of different How things did that and, get out? Yeah. It made the front page of the Seattle Times. Yeah. Was there yeah. was there a newspaper person in there that heard this? Like no. how did they find that out? So we came back to our respective offices during the break after the judge told us this. And our office, our office is just caught on fire, and everyone was talking oh, about bet. it. And I think someone from one of our offices called a friend at the Seattle Times. Uh, oh, that's gosh. how it. That's how it got out. Well, I read it. I okay, read well, it I'm totally Times. digging that. I want to high five you right oh, yeah. there. Thank you for well, doing that. Because you know, when I was in technology before I started doing this industry. I used to always wear pants, and and people would be like, "Why is that?" And I said, "Because I don't want to be seen as the skirt in the office." <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, and I don't want to have someone treat me a certain way because I'm right. the skirt. Exactly. You know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And we actually asked the jurors after the trial was over yeah. if they had any concerns about our wardrobe, and they were like, "No, oh. we didn't even notice." Right. That you well, because first of all, it wasn't versus, 1950. Right, no kidding. Longer. They're trying to just follow the case. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I, I saw the article in the Seattle in the Times, and I'd worked. And with you were Paige. like, "I got to call this." Paige gal? and I have worked together for a lot of years. Yeah. Oh, have you? We have. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I left her a message. I just said, "Hey, Paige, it's Eric." And you know what? If you need any financing for a home, you can wear pants to my office. So that she <laughs> did you she offer to loan her some? You know, so, yeah. <laughs> no, you wouldn't want to wear my pants. Believe me. Yeah. No, yeah. For, for our listeners, she's much tinier. Than yeah. Eric, so yeah. There you go. Believe me, it wouldn't yeah. be, Bless and it would you. not be a good look. Yeah. No, not at all. But um, anyway, dude but, but Eric, you were one of several people who called me, and it was just so nice to get these warm, supportive calls oh, after that happened. It yeah, really that wonderful. one. You know, just kind of a side note. Uh, I in over the years, I've done a lot of volunteering, and and I I mentor Eagle Scouts uh, for Boy mm-hmm. Scouts, and and I help them get their Eagle badges, which is kind of mm-hmm. the highest honor that they can get. And and I've I've. I've had to work with this particular judge who also happened to be pretty active um, in scouting from time to time. And I, I've always just kind of bit my tongue and I've never said anything. But, oh, it's uh, that judge? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably so, a good thing. Um, there, she she lost the elect, next election, actually. It was, yeah, and it was a woman? A campaign mm-hmm. issue. It was a woman. And it became yeah. a campaign issue and her opponent defeated her yes. soundly after that. There's that was of, a woman who yeah. did that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and there were other stories, you know. But I, I again, don't, my face—we don't want to go. Like, we don't want to go we into on that. video right now because <laughs> I'm just like, oh, yeah. oh my god, well, my jaw is like hanging open. We'll tell you more stories <laughs> over cocktails or something. Oh like heck that, yeah! Like, so, I want to yeah. get to know Paige here. This is awesome. <laughs> so oh, anyway, but Paige, love it. Um, the, we, we're we're so glad to have you on because you know Reba and I like to we talk, of course, real estate and finance, but we also want to talk about. You know, lots of um, you know community things and things that yes, affect things our that listeners. Things that impact and... our listeners and the industry itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And 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 your your area of elder abuse is a is a is a big problem, and I I'm, I'm guessing it's a growing problem. And uh, it's just really great to have you on to kind of tell us a little bit about it. And, and yeah, because I want to know what is that, right? Can, can you kind of just kind of walk us through sort of what it is that you do and, and how that fits in? Absolutely. So I work for the King County Prosecutor's Office, and I prosecute cases of elder abuse and neglect um, and financial exploitation. So there's a lot of different forms of elder abuse. Right. There are yes. sort of four general forms that we use in the criminal system, okay. and they are financial exploitation physical abuse, sexual abuse, and neglect. Okay. And by far the most common form that we see is financial exploitation. Yeah. Um, the statistics are really hard to get a handle on because we think we're not seeing most of the cases that are happening. I'm going to 
agree with you yeah. most likely. Yeah, and one study that was done recently said that for every one case of elder financial exploitation that occurs, another 44 never come to light. Oh, my gosh. So we're just seeing a oh. tiny fraction of the cases that are yeah. occurring. Yeah. Wow. So it's a huge problem. It's growing, as we know. The older population is growing dra- dramatically mm-hmm. in this country and actually throughout the world. And yeah. um, what I do is get cases from law enforcement that law enforcement has investigated. Okay, I was wondering, like, how do these come yeah. to your attention? And okay. law enforcement gets them from family members, from neighbors, from realtors, from okay. bankers. Mm-hmm. We're getting more and more cases, thankfully, from banks, mm-hmm. oh, um, from adult children, rarely from victims themselves, because very often they don't even recognize what's happening to them, or they feel like there's too much at stake to so report. So can you explain what type of financial exploitation is happening? Sure. It's like there's every form that you can imagine. Okay. Um, like people taking over their bank account? Yeah, we see a lot of people who are becoming a power, an attorney in fact, or a power of right. attorney for an mm-hmm. older person, okay. who are then, you know, with with one signature by the older adult, the attorney in fact, mm-hmm. the person they're appointing, yeah. has complete control over their assets. Right. And so what we see is these attorneys, in fact, who are supposed to be acting in the best interests of the elder, starting to spend their money on themselves rather right. than for the elder's benefit. Yeah. And that's theft. Right. That's a crime. Correct. Absolutely. So yeah. we're, we're trying – so that's like a probably the most common form that we see. Right. We also see a lot of scams where strangers mm-hmm. are you know, telling older people to invest in something that's not really a, a real investment or a lucrative right. investment. Um, we see people who are targeted because they are alone and, and older mm-hmm. and befriended by somebody who's intent mm-hmm. on exploiting them, and then the exploitation occurs. Yep. Um, so there's a, a huge variety of cases that we see. And unfortunately, it, for myself, I mean, I, I'm glad to hear you say that some realtors bring this and real estate agents um, bring this to the attention of the courts because I personally have s- experienced it myself with several different cases. I mean, even as you were describing some of those, I'm like, oh, yeah, there was this other guy and his adult child got a power of attorney and then – he he had a medical disability and ended up being in a nursing home and couldn't really walk very much. And I ended up having to do a, a short sale of his condo. And the thing was, is his daughter had taken over that condo and planted a friend of hers in there as a renter and then was taking all of the rent. And even though he had a mortgage that needed to be paid, she was letting him go down the toilet financially while she was taking money right. from the asset. And then also she had access to his other assets. And so here he was, you know, every month going more and more into debt on all of this while still dealing with a very traumatic medical issue right. that was going to shorten his life. And I had to interact with her at one point um, because, as, you know, it, so I had to get him engaged at the nursing home level with their senior services people because, you know, and the reality is sometimes they're not bringing it to someone's attention because when they're, they're embarrassed, which this gentleman was, he was embarrassed about what was going on. Um, it's difficult for them to admit that someone that they love might be doing this. Um, and so it's really hard for them to, to get to that place of acknowledgement and willingness to, because because they they have to prosecute at that stage, or they have a choice to prosecute potentially, right? Because right. it depends on if they can get their control back. And one of the things I also had to get him involved with um, with the legal services at the nursing home was like you need to redact or not redact, but um, revoke revoke that power of attorney right. because she's 
she's just out there acting on it all the time and you need to you need to make a change right you need to do you have to take control of the situation for yourself again and so that was just one case you know and I before we went on air I told you about another one recently where it's the befriending this man who's alone and people offering to buy his home at the significantly low price to him it seemed like a ton because he'd bought the house in 1971 But in the end, we sold his home for $180,000 more than the highest price anybody had offered him. So clearly someone knew that there was the potential of this income that they could get out of this house, but they didn't care about what he was, what was going to happen to him after the fact. So I have a question about that page. So let, let's say we've got a circumstance like that and there's, and I know th- you might talk about this in a little bit, but there's actual seminars yes. where people are being coached on how to Oh, that one gets me the most pissed you know, off. Elderly yeah. or misinformed or, you know, or, or, uh, you know, you know, maybe even mentally disabled people. Mm-hmm. How do you prove the crime? How does that work? Well, I mean, there's a couple of different theories that we have when we prosecute these Mm -hmm. cases. One is theft by embezzlement. And that's where you have someone with a fiduciary relationship to Mm -hmm. the older person who's Mm -hmm. using their money for themselves rather than for the elder's benefit. Okay. So the first example you gave, Reba, that's a perfect example of that. And that's probably the most common scenario we see. Adult children who become powers of attorney, parent usually has some dementia, Mm -hmm. maybe is in a long-term care facility, Mm -hmm. and then the kids start taking the money for themselves, not paying the bills, and just, just, you know, literally draining the elder of all their assets. Another really common scenario is theft by deception. Another way we charge Mm -hmm. cases Mm -hmm. is theft by deception. And that's where someone lies to the victim, and the victim gives them money based on the lies they tell. So some of those kind of scenarios Mm -hmm. you were talking about, Eric, that might fall under that category. But unfortunately, we don't hear about most of those cases because they're never reported to law enforcement. Right. And we also have to be able to make it clear. We have to be able to prove in our case what the lie was that was told to the victim and show the victim relied on that lie in handing yeah, over the money. And that I can mean, be a tough it, thing to do. It seems like it'd be really difficult to to prove that sort of case. So, uh, And I imagine you've got to go in and, and, and sort of forensically dig out that, that information. Exactly. And I have a, a bunch more questions about that because that part to me is, is, is pretty fascinating. You know, just how you can go about you know, kind of getting that information and and, um, and and digging that information out. So uh, we've got to take a quick break here and just uh, pay a couple of bills. Uh, but when we come yeah, because we back, do pay our bills and we don't give power of attorney to somebody to do it for us. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Hence us being the sponsors of our own show. That's right, that's right. So stay tuned. We have more Paige Olry here with King County Prosecuting Office. And uh, more on elder abuse. Stay tuned. More open house with Team Reba. Keep your pants on. (laughs) Open house with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now back to open house with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. I'm Eric Ostinus from Home Street Bank. That was Batman, our announcer. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Batman. Yeah, I need to hang out with him now since I was Catwoman. Someday at the station's going to just get fed up with us making fun of uh, Batman. I'm sure he's a nice. Yeah, but you know what? We nice pay for gentleman. time, so I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> he's, it's so intense. Uh, 
Yeah, he is, I but, just, you know, we're an intense show. <laughs> that's right. We might be about real estate and finance, which most people think is boring, but we're very right. intense on the subject. I don't think we're boring. We're never boring. We're always Well, no, I said about... some people think the topics oh, can the be topic boring. Can I don't boring. think oh, we're absolutely. boring. Right, right. Good Lord, if I thought we were boring, I wouldn't do the show. But right, I don't right. know. Listeners, if you feel differently, please feel free to send me Chime messages in. at info at teamreba.com. But, Ooh, yeah. good one. <laughs> Got that in there. Yeah. yeah. Well... Well, you know, I, I, mean, I get our questions classes. too where people ask me questions at eric at ericasmybanker.com. There you go. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so. and also if they want to sign up for our classes. We didn't mention. Yeah. Oh, yeah. January 12th. Yes. We have we a have class coming up. Uh, this is the official first-time homebuyer class sponsored by the Washington State Housing Finance Commission. Uh, this is a free class. It's five hours. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be Saturday, January 12th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the mm-hmm. Renton... Chamber. Chamber of Commerce. Yes. Yeah. So in Renton. I know in Renton. We ain't just Renton, we're buying. That's right. But uh that yeah, that office is uh gonna be open on a Saturday. It's not typically open on a Saturday, but they're yeah. uh, entrusting me since I'm on the board of directors for the chamber down there, they're gonna let me have use of the building and we'll be right in the downtown district the there, just off of Burnett. To trust you. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, I know. That's I good. Know. Yeah. But um uh no, our last class though, we got through the material fairly early. So mm-hmm. we did. We did actually get out by two. So yeah. that was kind of a, yeah. a nice. And we're and we're working on that. We know it's a required amount of information to give. And as long as we hit all that information, right there, you go. But we hit information that's well above and beyond what sort of the core state curriculum we covers. Do. Because really, we talk about we, we want you to be educated going in the marketplace and know mm-hmm. how to buy the options available, what the process is, yep. and uh, and some secrets that yeah. we have. Yeah, and we talk about market conditions and several other things. So, mm. yes, how, yeah, to, how sure. to win your, win your yeah. deal in so, the way that works best for you. So if you or anyone you know is interested in taking one of the first-time classes, next one, again, January 12th in Renton, yep. you, can, you can reserve your spot at info at teamreba.com. Yep, T-E-A-M-R-E-B-A That's dot it. com. That's yes. it. That's it. So speaking of giving information yeah. and helping people understand, we have with us still Paige Ulrey, who is from the or is the senior deputy prosecuting attorney for King County, working with elder abuse cases. So, if you've just tuned into the show, I want you to know who we're talking to today. Yeah, thanks again for joining us, Paige. Thank you guys so, for having me. And we've been talking about some different aspects of elder abuse, and and oh, this one just kind of gives me shivers. Some of the things that go on, mm-hmm. you know, in banking, we require our employees to take uh, classes on elder abuse. And oh, a lot do of the they? Time, oh, sure. I didn't know that. A lot of the times where we see it is in, in two places. One is on the teller line. You know, we might have a regular customer, maybe an elderly customer, and mm-hmm. they, you know, every month, you know, they get their Social Security. They come in and they'll draw $200 out or something. And then all of a sudden, one day they come in and they want to draw $30,000 out. Ah, and got there's, it. And there's a caretaker standing right next to them. Mm-hmm. You know, we're trained on, on what to do. You know, if that circumstance comes up, that's good to know. And is are most financial institutions yes, doing that, or is that specific? Financial to institutions are they? It's okay. Required, it's required training for all employees well, that's of good financial to know. institution. And uh, and then on the on the loan side, we also you know for the mortgage side, we're we're looking for issues of elder abuse as well. Maybe somebody's trying to refinance a home; it's owned free and clear. The owner is very elderly. As a lender, we can't discriminate. If I've got a customer who's a hundred years old, 
I got to give them a 30-year mortgage. You know, I can't sort of question, okay, you realize you'll be 130 years old when this thing's paid off. It's illegal for me to do that, Mm -hmm. you know, but uh, what's going on with the money? And and it's it's our responsibility to ask the person, do you understand the transaction? Do you know what's going on? We do have to ask what's the purpose, you know, for the, for the loan. And, uh, and if, if we are suspicious at all of, of, you know, one of the parties in it, usually it's a caretaker or a, a younger relative or something, we will refer that and, uh, and, and, and have it investigated. So. Yeah, I, I am just very happy that, you know, while nobody enjoyed us going through the Great Recession, one of the benefits, and we've talked about this on the show before, that licensing of mortgage professionals has changed drastically. It went from like one out of 30 people in an office right. to now everybody. It's better. And it, it's, well, it's, it's better than it's, it was. It's way better. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the, the great example was that during the recession, I sat across the table from several elderly folks who were in process of losing their homes mm-hmm. because somebody gave them one of those crappy loans mm-hmm. and they didn't understand it. Right. And now suddenly they were, I mean, in one case, a gentleman down in, um, kind of the unincorporated King County area between uh, Seattle and Renton, uh, he happened to come by an open house we had for a property for sale, and he asked if we could come by and talk with him. He was thinking about maybe selling. He wasn't really sure. And then as I sat with him, and it took almost three hours for me to finally draw out of him what was really going on. And when he finally pulled the documentation together for me to read his home was about to be auctioned Mm -hmm. and he didn't even know it. And he just thought that as long as he was still talking to the bank, that they wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. And we here in Washington state had just recently changed um, into the foreclosure fairness act. And so I contacted that bank of which I can see the name of it from this studio and had to call them directly, again, get senior services involved. Adult Protective Services? Yeah. Yeah. And contacted that lender and said, you need to do something right now or I'm going to help file the lawsuit against you. Right, right. And they and I said, you need to get him into, because this is when they were doing sit-downs with people, and I said, you need to do this right now. And then worked with him to try and get some community help. Because this is someone who had been in the same home. He had built that home in the 1960s. Yeah, that's just sickening. And, to see that. you know, yeah. so it was, you know, yeah. I just, you see that. And, you know, so it's nice to know that uh, financial institutions have some of those safeguards in place, but also that just the lending industry itself mm-hmm. has had some improvements. Although, um, Paige, you mentioned um, reverse mortgages. Mm-hmm. Do, is that something that comes up? Yeah, I mean, it's one of the many sort of, it's one of the variety of ways that older people are exploited. Okay. But we, I filed a case not too long ago in Kent where um, a man became the power of attorney for his mom. She had dementia, and she was living in her home at the time, and he got her moved into a facility, and then he applied for a reverse mortgage on her home. And he lied on the reverse mortgage documents and basically said she planned to return to the home because mm-hmm. you can only get one say, if you're going to live there. And so he lied about that. He got a huge amount of money in this reverse mortgage, and then he completely mm. went crazy spending it on trips to Europe and everything else on himself uh-huh. and literally drained her of everything she had, which was all, all tied yeah. up in his house. Yeah. And so we do. We see that fairly often. 
And it's um, it's stunning how much damage can be done to somebody when this right. kind of exploitation happens. There's one study that was done in New York recently that found that that any form of elder abuse increases the risk of premature death of the victim by 300%. I believe and it. that's true of financial exploitation. Because well. of the stress? Just the yeah. stress and the betrayal and, yeah. and just knowing that you've, you know, you've spent your whole life building this nest egg right. and now it's gone. And usually it's this person who you trust and who you love who did it to you. Right. And it's really right. devastating. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking about some of these situations where it's the trusted person in the family or friend or whatever it might be. Um, I want to bring up, because we've talked about this during one of the breaks, um, what I have seen where it's total strangers. Right. Yeah. Um, so and I, I, I may have brought this up on the show before, but today is a great day for us to get this reminder back out there because it's a, a perfect segue of like the things that are, are happening in your office. I have sat in and have now chosen not to be a, a member of this organization any longer. But I have sat in on um, two different investment groups. One of them is focused with women and one of them is just kind of a general group. And I sat watching a real estate agent stand at the front of the room and give advice to people that they should look for people aged 55 and older, have been in their homes 15, 20 or more years. And, you know, you do this, you know, wholesaling version of, of trying to purchase. And, you know, the thing is, is I don't begrudge anyone making profit on real estate, but I do really have a moral problem with someone taking advantage of people. It's one thing if both parties understand what's going on, but when you purposely seek out to burn the other party, you know, for your own financial gain, I have a real problem with that. And I sat watching this woman saying, find these people of this kind of age group, and when you finally get an audience with them, because chances are, especially in a higher priced market like ours, they have no idea what their property is really worth. And what you want to do is you want to sit down with them and then ask them, what would you like to get out of this house? Because these are people who are generally older and how dollar signs affect them is very different. And so they might think 100000 is a, a, a big amount of money or two hundred or you know $300,000 is like, you know, like winning the lotto or something. And the thing is, you know, like we had a gentleman from uh, a listener of our show here who had people offering five fifty and six hundred for his home, but we sold it for seven eighty one. And I remember even when we looked at the multiple offers that came in, one of them was uh, about thirty thousand dollars more than the next best offer. And you know, he was like, "Well, this one's cash, and this one has a loan on it." He's like, "Why?" He goes, "Wouldn't you, as an agent, want me to just get the fastest close so you can get your money?" And I looked at him and I said, okay, well, first of all, I'm sorry that you might think that all agents might consider that being the thing that they should care about. I said, but I'm like, John, here's what I want to say. You're, I said, are you in an income producing period of your life right now? And he kind of looked at me quizzically and I went, could you earn $30,000 more in the next five weeks on your own or even in the next year? And he said, well, no. And I said, well, we're looking at the risk factors of these offers, and I want you to be able to live on as much as you possibly can out of this. And if I can get you $30,000 more and we feel that the risk is low for you, then I want to recommend that. Because waiting five weeks, I said, I know you're anxious to move on, but this, this can be much better for you. 
if that's what you're willing to do. And the thing was that disgusted me was one of the people who were putting these offers in front of him ahead of us helping him was a real estate agent. And I want to make sure that our listeners know real estate agents have to tell you the true value of your property, even if they offer you less. So please know that. All right. Well, when we come back, we've got more with Paige Olry from the senior, uh, excuse me, from the uh, King County Prosecuting Office. Stay tuned. More uh, Open House with Team Reed. We'll be right back. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Home Street Bank. And I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba. And thank you once again for joining us, Paige Olry, with the King County Prosecutor's Office. And you're the Senior Deputy Prosecuting Attorney for Elder Abuse. And what a fascinating topic. I'm one of two people in our office, and we're both overwhelmed with cases. I got to imagine, and especially as our population is aging here, that there's going to be more and more of that. You know, during the break, you had mentioned to me that um, one of the number one sort of root causes of of elder abuse is, uh, you mentioned gambling. Yeah, there's a huge connection that we found um, between perpetrators of elder financial exploitation and gambling. So we find that out because what we do in a typical investigation is we get the bank records not only of the victim but also of the suspect. Uh And when we get the suspect's bank records, Mm. we see numerous withdrawals at ATMs, at casinos, or – um, other spending at casinos, and it's it's usually the victim's money that's going to feed that that gambling addiction. Interesting. Oh, wow. yeah. Is this whole um, opioid situation having an impact as well? We're seeing some of those cases as well. Also, mm-hmm. people with shopping addictions and other drug addictions too. Addiction in general. Yes. People yes. who can't control themselves. It's absolutely. Yeah. Right. So uh, they're they're out of money now. They're they're going for for these things. Right. And so older people tend to be, you know, especially if they're isolated and they don't have anyone mm-hmm. else to turn to. They can be um, very appealing to the criminal mind. Interesting, yeah. boy. So, well, but go ahead. I uh, know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, as you mentioned, mind. You know, there's all these dementia situations right. that people are taking advantage of. Yeah, it's 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 stunning to find out how many older people, especially about 85 and over, mm-hmm. who have some degree of dementia. Mm-hmm. It's very often undiagnosed. And um, dementia, you know, we're used to thinking of dementia as affecting your memory and your mm-hmm. ability to recall things. Right. But it also affects your judgment. And so a lot of people with dementia may still have their memory fairly intact and be able to uh, speak fairly well right. and, and have a carry on a conversation mm-hmm. with sure. you, but their judgment may be so impaired that they can no longer make good decisions for themselves. And um, one thing that tends to go early on with dementia is financial capacity. So people's abilities to understand, you know, what's mm. the impact of this signature that I'm that I'm right. putting onto this piece of paper or the sale of this house on my overall financial situation, how is it going to affect me in the future? That can really be impaired if you've got some degree of dementia. I well, and I even hate to say it, but I mean, Eric and I see this all the time because we teach these first-time homebuyer classes. And the thing is, you can have a super bright person, but sometimes they just get overwhelmed mm-hmm. when they start having discussions around finance or even lending and you're discussing all the elements that go around it. I mean, I've seen some of the smartest people I know suddenly get deer in the headlights looks and they're like of their full competency. Right. Right. And I mean, you can just imagine when somebody is in this condition where they're just, you know, and sometimes because, um, you know, I heard, heard something through a Darren Hardy program that I was doing recently that 
uh, he mentioned that like one of one of the illnesses we have as a human condition is that yes is just easy, no is hard, and so people will just say yes, just to to not make waves right. and to not feel like they're cutting themselves off from somebody, right? And I can imagine if they're in a, a somewhat incapacitated state, that's probably even more exacerbated. Right. And if, you know, loneliness is another huge factor. You know, yes. and as we get older, we mm-hmm. lose the people mm-hmm. around us typically. Exactly. And if you're living alone and maybe your spouse mm-hmm. is dead, your kids aren't around, it's just you want to please more and you want to be, you want to be around people yeah. more. So you're going to be more accommodating. And that can really affect your judgment as well. Right. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Okay. Scary. So, Paige, yeah. if somebody has a suspicion that a friend or a relative is, is is suffering from some type of abuse like this, what are some some places they can go to reach out for help? Well, the first I would say is Adult Protective Services because they are the agency in Washington that is tasked with investigating all the forms of elder abuse as well as abuse of people who are 18 and over who are not elderly, who are under mm-hmm. 60, but who have either a developmental disability or some other physical disability. Okay. And they investigate those those allegations, and then they um, try to see if that person also needs services. And they'll also offer them services or file for a protection order on their behalf or a guardianship even, depending on what their needs are. Okay. So they can be a huge help in a lot of these cases. Okay. Um, but I also would, would encourage people not to hesitate to call the police. The mm-hmm. police in all of King County are getting better and better at responding to these crimes. And um, we need them to find out about them as soon as possible because every for every day that someone's being financially right. exploited, that money is going away and it's never going to come back. So I would just urge people not to hesitate to, to get the police involved early on. Okay. And and are there certain signs that, that you would recommend they look for? Let's say that you're, you, you think something's going on, but you're not 100% sure. I mean, what are some tells, I so, guess? Yeah, some yeah. red flags. Yeah, there's got to be signs. Yeah, some are... Um, you know, an older person who you know is like pretty much alone in life or who is not doesn't have anyone they're very close to who suddenly has a new best friend. And the new best friend is someone who sort of comes out of nowhere and is taken mm-hmm. over, taking over the life of the older person by suddenly um, being with them all the time. Or maybe moving in with them. Moving like in with, I've absolutely seen. moving in with them, becoming their attorney in fact, their mm-hmm. power of attorney, um, suddenly handling their finances, mm-hmm. and then also preventing them from having access to family members or f- from having from going to their clubs or going to church or doing the other things they normally do. So that kind of behavior is, okay. is a really big red flag. So, so iso- it's really important. Isolating them. Isolating them. Yeah, because exactly. that, that's, that's true in lots of different kinds of abuse situations that there is a isolation factor Absolutely. involved. So, so to our listeners, like if you have normally seen somebody in these different kinds of social situations and suddenly you realize they're not around, great time to check in. Right. Right. Really good time to investigate and start knocking on doors. And the holidays are a great time to do that because you have a great reason to just stop in and say hello. How are you? Hmm. You know, but I mean, yeah. just any time of year. It doesn't even matter because the summertime's great because it'd be like, hey, would you like to go out for a drive? It's a beautiful day. Let's go do something. How Absolutely. are you? Because it really boils down to just kind of caring about your neighbor. That's right. Reaching out and talking yeah. to people. Absolutely. We miss out on that nowadays a we lot do. of times. We and do. we get so caught up in our electronic methods of communication that we forget to check in. Right? Right. right. So sure. we don't want to be the faceless, you know, kind of view of the world. Exactly. And Eric, you had mentioned before the bank tellers. That mm-hmm. That's another big red flag is change spending. So yeah. where you see someone who's always been very frugal, doesn't buy themselves anything or, mm-hmm. you know, just very mm-hmm. occasionally, where suddenly they've got a new car or they've got – 
lots of new stuff in their house, you know, mm-hmm. or suddenly their bank accounts are, are being drained. Mm-hmm. Any real changes in spending patterns are usually um, pretty suspicious, yeah. too, and should be looked into. Because unless that person's walking around going, I got my bucket list, that's and right. I am working it. Like, that's one other thing. Like, if you knew you were doing that, absolutely. that's that's absolutely a, a different story. And I hope at some point in my life I do. I don't have any kids, so I probably will do that at some point, but I got to get there first. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's right. That's right. Okay, so so we've got we've got APS Adult Protective Services, of course, lo- local police always a good source. Mm-hmm. Um, Attorney General. Yeah, they have a consumer protection division that okay. is also worth calling, and I think the case that you were talking about, mm-hmm. Reva, the um, where someone's potentially it's a business owner or a business person who is maybe misrepresenting things to right. people on property prices or, or investments of some kind, mm-hmm. yeah. I would call the AG's office or report it on the, online. Yeah, and the Department of Licensing, too, yes, is exactly. another good option as yep. well because they watch that. We're, you know, in my industry, we're a self-reporting industry, but if someone calls with a complaint, that probably one will get referred directly to the AG's office. But the Department of Licensing is big time keeping their eyes peeled for issues like this. So, so for anyone who's licensed, yes. reporting to them is important. Too. Yes, Great. absolutely. Yeah. Great. And Paige, what about your office? Is is there a, a way someone could reach out to your office if they... If they sure, they can yeah. send me an email and I can refer them to the right agency. Okay. And, and my email address is pagee.ulrey at kingcounty, all one word, dot gov. All right. And we'll have that uh, as the post-show information because this does go out as podcast versions for people to listen to as well. And we'll have all of that on our website uh, available for people. Yeah, excellent. What's your biggest case? Um, Well, we have a case right now against an attorney who uh, exploited about five different clients who were all vulnerable and took a total of over a million dollars from them. Oh, no. Um, I had another case, a banker's life agent who exploited a number of very vulnerable clients and took well over a million dollars from them as well. So we see a lot of big money cases, and I just can't uh, overemphasize how damaging that exploitation is to those victims. It's oh, really it's just devastating. Awful. Yeah, because yeah, once yeah. that money is spent, even if there's a, a requirement of restitution, it's probably never going to happen in their right, lifetime. Exactly. At that point. Rarely does that happen. Yeah. Do, if that happens, does the does it go on down to the family, or is it just for the individual? Yes. Yeah, so if if somebody gets restitution or has an ongoing restitution award mm-hmm. and that person dies, then the restitution obligation is passed on to their heirs. So okay, that's, well, that's, good to know. that's very good to know. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Paige Ori. It's been just a delight to have you on the show. Thank you, guys. And it was really fun to be here. Oh, thanks again. Hope we can have you back again sometime in the future. Yeah, because we've got lots of other good potential topics. All right. Well, thank you all for listening for another episode thank of Open House. Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at re slash max Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at teamreba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba here on AM 1590. The answer. The preceding program was sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Home Street Bank Home Mortgage.